Well, I am excited. I am uh, thrilled that each and every one of you are here uh, in person and those joining online around the world, honored that you've decided to give your time to be with us today. Uh, I truly believe that none of us are here by accident. God has a plan, a purpose, has something for each and every one of us uh, tonight. And as we start, let's bow together in one final word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, as we look to your word tonight, may it truly become alive in our lives. May it not just be simply words that are written in a book, but may it become truth that is embedded in the very being and DNA of who we are. Help us each to realize we are the hands and feet, the tangible presence of Jesus to our world. Help us to realize that both as individuals and as the corporate body, we are the temple of the Spirit of God on earth. That where we go, the Spirit of God goes. In every situation we enter, the Spirit of God is with us. And this Christmas, may we be mindful that as Christ entered the world some 2,000 years ago, he can enter someone's life today as we step into people's lives and let them encounter the living spirit, the spirit of Jesus, who dwells within us, I pray. Amen? Well, we are in our series called uh, Stories, and uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the story of Elizabeth. We're going to read a fair amount of Luke chapter 1. A fair amount of the Advent, the Christmas story, is in Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, we find and we meet Elizabeth. Starting at verse 5, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth, Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. There we go. Careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, sanctuary, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your wife, Elizabeth, will soon give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How, 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 how can this be? How, how, how can this be? Sure, how, how can I be sure this will happen? I, I'm an old man, and my wife, well, let me tell you, she's also getting well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. 
When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. He's playing a little charades, right? When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He's taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And we heard the story of Mary last week from Pastor Jordan. And the virgin becomes pregnant. And shortly after, Mary has this encounter with the angel. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town of Zechari- where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the very sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? She recognized the lordship of Jesus as he was in the womb of Mary. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her hometown. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, and when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, 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 his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. And the, Lord, and the hand of the Lord was upon him because that child became John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 3.3, 3, we read of John that the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. And so is the reading of God's word for tonight. Amen? The reading of God's word and the reading of the story of Elizabeth. So what can we glean from Elizabeth's story? Elizabeth, we find out, is a righteous woman. She she longed to have a child, and she felt disgraced by not being able to bear a child. Elizabeth, we find out, was beyond childbearing years. Yet despite feeling this disgrace of not being able to have a child, despite the dreams that she had of becoming a mother not actually coming true, Elizabeth remained faithful. 
faithful to God's commands and, and his statutes. She was unwavering in her faith and she was described as righteous. What can we learn from the life of Elizabeth? A couple thoughts. The first, I think, is that yes is not the only answer to prayer. Has anybody here ever been in a conversation with somebody? Nobody, hey? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and the only word you ever said to them was yes? That would be a weird conversation, right? When we pray, we're, 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 we're praying to our Heavenly Father and we need to understand that yes is not the only answer to Yes is not the only answer to prayer. Answered prayer can actually be quite complex. Uh, parents, for parents who are in here, when we were raising our kids, was the only answers we ever gave our kids an immediate yes or no? Is that all we ever did? No, right? There, there was, there was, there was, there was, this, there was this, this, this whole moving conversation with our, our kids. Uh, you, you know, let, little Johnny, let's not do that right now. <laughs> little Johnny, maybe let's get, like, maybe let's leave Grandma and Grandpa's after Christmas before you completely destroy that gift into a thousand pieces. <laughs> little Johnny, I know you're three, but you can't drive the family car just yet. Just, just yet. Give it like 13 years, maybe, maybe a couple, uh, couple decades. Not yes or no, actually one of our kids at three was able to get into the car and in the driveway put it into reverse and back down the street, but that was a special, <laughs> one of my kids in the background is going, that was me. <laughs> but answered prayer, there's complexity. And, and as a side note, the other thing we need to realize that another answer to prayer is no. Did you know no is an answer to prayer? You know, we often do praise reports. We come to church, and we're like, oh, I've got a praise report. Let me tell you about my answered prayer. God answered my prayer. What do we usually mean by that? We mean that God said yes. <laughs> I asked for something. He said yes, answered prayer. We probably should, could, should give God praise as often as he says no, when he says no. Did you know that? Oh, I've got a praise report. God told me no. He knew I was immature and I was going to blow it. And I'm so thankful because if he just said yes, ah, the mess I'd have made with my life. Oh, thank God he said no. As a parent raising my kids, my kids didn't learn, grow, mature nearly as much by the many yeses as they did by the, the no's, the not yet's. Like, huh, let, let's not do that this way. Let me, let me show you a different path. Yes and no are not the only two answers to prayer. It's more complex than that. The other thing we kind of need to realize in the church world is that if God doesn't answer an immediate yes, that's not actually a moment of judgment upon some person or upon us. Sometimes in the church world, we're like, I don't know. You know, they've been praying that same prayer for a long time. God's not been responding. I wonder if there's some hidden sin in their lives. I bet you they're asking with self selfish motives, not like me. 
oh, they just don't have enough faith. That's got to be what it is. You've got to be careful. That's not true. Yes is not the only answer to prayer. Answered prayer can be complex. One author I read this week said this about Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a righteous woman harboring no intentional sin, and yet she lived into the years past childbearing without receiving the blessing for which she asked God. God's timing was the opposite of condemnation. It was the opposite of condemnation. It was, in fact, an indication that she'd been chosen for a greater blessing than she'd ever dared to ask. He had a vital role for her to play in his plan of redemption, but it had to wait until the fullness of time to appear. Oh Lord, may we not bring judgment upon others or upon ourselves when we see someone and we think, man, God's not answering their prayer. And may we understand that when God isn't answering our prayer, when God isn't just giving a, a blank yes right now, maybe he's actually setting us up for something greater. Maybe if we submit to his timeline in our lives, we'll experience something we could have never imagined, something we couldn't have even fathomed asking him for. God wasn't saying no to Elizabeth. He was simply saying, not yet. Not yet, my child, because I have something far greater for you. Not yet, but I need you to trust my timing. I need you to trust my, my timing. Just wait for the moment that I have for you. Don't give in to, to peer pressure or, or, or cultural disgrace. In the uh, NIV, uh, this is from the NIV here. Miriam said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the, among the people. There was this cultural disgrace for not being able to bear a child. And I can only imagine maybe some of the murmurings. Oh, you know, Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, I don't know what's going on there. I know they look like the perfect couple on the outside, but, you know, she, they've been praying for a child. I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying anything, but I don't really know what's going on there. Cultural pressure, peer pressure, sometimes makes us do crazy things. Sometimes I think it either, uh, we kind of start to take matters and actions into our own hands and we kind of force the issue forward. And sometimes we do the exact opposite. And we just put ourselves in a moment of despair and we feel hopeless and we get so discouraged, God's never gonna move, it's just never gonna happen. But we need to remember that not yet is not no. Yes is not the only answer to prayer. Answered prayer is more complex than that. And not yet is not, it's not no. Right? When I told my three-year-old he couldn't drive the family vehicle yet, it wasn't a no, it was a not yet. And it took a decade plus. And maybe I should have given another five years, because I think we ran through about six cars. But A 
A delayed promise is not a broken promise, and a delayed yes is not a no. Sometimes a delayed promise is a not yet based on the timing of God because he wants us to experience a greater blessing, that greater blessing than we would have ever dared to ask for ourselves, a greater blessing than we could have ever imagined. Sometimes a delayed answer or a not yet actually allows the world to see that it had to have been God and for him to actually get the glory and praise. Elizabeth was, according to Luke 1.7, this is me, very old. It wasn't a no, it was not yet. Not, not, not yet. Not, not, oh, I, I know you're anxious, not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay, wait for my perfect timing so that my glory may be revealed. And so this, this not yet might actually be setting you up for the miraculous moment. Yes is not the only answer to prayer. Answered prayer can be quite complex. Not yet is not no. Another lesson I think we can learn from the uh, life of Elizabeth is regardless of your age, regardless of your age, God can use you in his redemptive plan. If you've got breath in you, God is not done with you. Regardless, young or old, regardless of your age. Mary was a teenage virgin. Elizabeth, according to Luke 1.7, was very old. Yet both women brought life that was part of God's redemptive plan into the world. Right? If you've got breath in you, he's not done with you. Virgin, teenage Mary, finds solace with her very old relative, Elizabeth. And the very old was part of God's not yet timing. Elizabeth hears Mary and John the Baptist and Elizabeth's womb actually jumps and, and Mary or Elizabeth is filled with the spirit. And then the two women spend three months together where I can only imagine the elderly Elizabeth cared for, mentored, leaned into young Mary because young Virgin Mary, only a few verses before this moment, was, was troubled by what the angel had to say. Pastor, uh, Pastor Jordan last week talked about Mary, and he talked about the fact, and we read the story, that the angel appears, tells Mary she's about to be a virgin, she's troubled, and then we kind of just forget that because we go to a couple sentences later, and she says, but whatever the Lord's will is, which is amazing that she was submissive to what the Lord wanted, and was willing to lay down and do whatever the Lord's will was, but I don't think she all of a sudden instantaneously was no longer bothered. Like virgin, pregnant teenager has some issues, right? She was submissive to what the Lord wanted in her life, but that doesn't instantaneously mean everything was roses, everything was taken care of. She reaches out and finds solace in this older righteous woman. Regardless of your age, younger or old, God can use you, can use you today in his redemptive plan. If there's anybody here who says, they, you know, I, I, I get Elizabeth, I would consider myself maybe very old. Are you open to having someone young maybe find solace in your care? For those of us who think, well, I'm, I'm too young for anything, but I'm struggling, and there's peer pressure, there's cultural pressure, and I don't know what to do. 
Would you be brave enough to lean into an older, righteous man or woman? I, I need guidance. Elizabeth was very old, but yet she was blessed by God. She was used by God. She was filled with the Spirit. She recognized the pre-born Jesus in, in Mary's stomach as her Lord. She gives birth to John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, and is for, forever remembered as a righteous woman, regardless of your age. Every person here today can be used by God in his redemptive plan today. Today. Uh, if the band wouldn't mind coming back up. The final kind of thought and lesson I think we can learn from the story of Elizabeth is this. Faithfulness does not go unseen by God. Faithfulness does not go unseen by our God, and I would even say it doesn't go uh, unrewarded. One author I read this week put the song lyrics up on the screen. One author I read this week said this. In all of her waiting and wondering of serving and worshiping in the faith, Elizabeth may have wondered if God ever saw or noticed her. The truth is, he was watching all along. She was in his view, as are each one of us. Elizabeth went for decades waiting on that not yet answer. I can only imagine there had to be moments where God, do you even see me? God, God, am I even in your peripheral vision, God? But God was, she was in God's view, and so are each and every one of us. And sometimes the wait on this side of eternity seems long. When you read through the scriptures, Forty years the Israelites wandered the desert, right? Hundreds of years they were enslaved. Four hundred years between God speaking in the Old Testament and God revealing himself and speaking in the New Testament. Jesus is returning and he's coming soon. We know that, right? Amen? But man, it's been a long time. It's still true. But sometimes the wait on this side of eternity seems long. Oh God, oh God, my child has been a prodigal for years. Oh God, it hurts. God, it feels like forever, oh God. Where's the moment where, where my child turns around, oh God? Oh God, my relationship is in the tank. It has been months and months, and let me tell you, I, I, I know it, 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 in one sense it's not that long, in the other sense, living in this, in this state, in this relationship with this person, it just feels, oh God, God, do you see us? God, I'm sure you said this to me. I'm sure you spoke and you gave me this promise. God, I'm, I'm sure you declared this about my life, but it has literally been decades now, God. It's been decades God, it seems so long. It seems so long since you've seen me. It seems so long since you've been hearing me. 
Faithfulness does not go unseen by God, nor does it go unrewarded. Psalm 138. The Lord will work out his plan for my life. I think somebody needs to hear that tonight. The Lord will work out his plan for your life, for his faithfulness, his faithful love. It endures forever. Elizabeth teaches us that faithfulness does not go unseen by God nor unrewarded. And even though sometimes on this side of eternity, it feels like it's so long. The wait sometimes feels so long. Yes is not the only answer to prayer. I pray we understand that answered prayer can be complex. And someone needs to hear today that not yet does not mean no. Someone needs to hear not yet does not mean no. And faithfulness does not go unseen or unrewarded by God. And regardless of where you're at, young or old or anywhere in between, God can use you and wants to use you in his redemptive plan today. We're bearers of Christ. We're temples of the Spirit. We're in a world that desperately needs what only the Spirit can bring and what only Jesus can bring. God wants to use each and every one of us in his redemptive plan today. And if you've got breath in you, God is not done with you. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. Oh, precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that you keep your promise. Jesus, today, speak. Speak. For some of us who have been praying, we just need to be reminded that answer prayer is complex and yes isn't the only answer. Lord, may we have ears to hear what it is you're answering. If it's yes, we say amen. If it's no, we say amen and praise you because we trust you. If it's anywhere in between, we say, God, just continue to guide us and walk with us in this path. And Lord, if it's not yet, give us the patience. Give us the encouragement. Remind us that we are still seen by you as we wait and as we faithfully endure. May we realize our faithfulness is seen by you and Lord, may we realize today, today you want to use us to be a part of your redemption story in someone's life in 2023, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and beyond. You want to use us. You want to use us to bring life into somebody else's life. Elizabeth and Mary brought life into this world that was a part of the redemption story. And God, may we be mindful that you want to bring life through us. You want to bring life through us into someone else's life and be a part of their redemption story. God, remind us of this truth. Make it so real to us and this Christmas season as we go about our busyness and our business and our connections with friends and family. May the Spirit be so May we so attuned to what the Spirit's saying. 
that we know at every moment when you bring someone into our, into our life, that if this is the moment that you want us to step in, you want to use us to be part of someone else's redemption story, that we'll hear your spirit and we will respond and we will help bring life, bring life into someone else's life that they would encounter Jesus Christ. But we pray this in your mighty name. Amen?